0: A lot of business is about negotiation. Heck, life is about negotiation. We're going to talk with Christopher Voss, former FBI negotiator, and you're going to learn some incredible negotiation skills. Check it out. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Klaviyo is truly a game changer. Unlike traditional email service providers or marketing automation platforms, Klaviyo offers powerful functionality without long implementation or execution cycles. It gives e-commerce marketers access to all the relevant data from a variety of tools, and it makes it available to power smarter, more personalized campaigns. Bottom line? Clayvio helps e-commerce marketers make more money through super-targeted, highly-relevant email and advertising campaigns. Learn more at klaviyo.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and my guest today is Christopher Voss. He is a founder and principal of Black Swan Group, a former FBI top hostage negotiator and the author of a book we're going to talk about today called Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. So thanks for joining me.
1: John, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me in. And and just a little small one, if I may it's the Black Swan Group, as opposed to, because Black Swan
0: almost sounds like we're Black Water or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, we're right. the Black Swan Group. It's on my piece of paper here, but uh, I didn't get it out then. And well, so while we're on that's it, all right. while we're correcting things, is it Voss or Vos? Voss, it's Voss. Vos. It's like the water. Okay, great. So let's talk about negotiating. Um, I, obviously, the book is filled with stories from your FBI past. Um, And I think uh, a big thing that you do in the book, of course, is to apply those to everyday skills. So, I mean, really, is anyone in business ever really taught how to negotiate? You know, I think there's this thing that everyone expects
1: people to be great negotiators. And I don't know if people are afraid to get better or they're low on their priority list or or what it is but i mean they're just such minor tweaks that people could make to take such huge leaps forward
0: well in your view is it is it something that i mean you're suggesting of course it can be learned but is there also do some people just have it as a street skill um no i think
1: some people might pick it up faster than others but it's a little like emotional intelligence um Versus, uh, which is EQ versus IQ. Like your IQ is fixed. You know, you you got a fixed IQ. It's like your height. You're only going to get but so tall. I you know I drank as much milk as I could possibly could <laughs> my my whole life growing up, and I'm only just barely taller than my dad. I've, I ended up about six inches shorter than where, where I hoped to be. I wanted to be six seven. So there's nothing you could do about that, but your EQ, as soon as you start making an effort to build it. You know, that's almost limitless. And, you know, the data shows us we can continue to build our emotional intelligence, which is what great negotiation is, applied emotional intelligence, up to our mid and through our mid-80s.
0: So this book obviously uses some very dramatic um, situations. I mean, I don't know that many of us find ourselves in truly in life or death situations in business. I mean, it may feel like that at times, but... Um, you know, is is negotiation really just human negotiation? Does it really matter where you're doing it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, how, how could this possibly, how can high stakes life and death negotiations, how could it ha- possibly apply to what we do every day? Um, and uh, the short answer is, yeah, it applies. Because um, it is human negotiations. It's human interactions. And the other thing, too, is just because we're upset doesn't mean the other side is. <laughs> or maybe the other side's upset and we're not. So the the level of intensity varies widely and certainly some people treat some negotiations as if it is it's a life and death
0: deal. One of the most interesting elements for me at least of the book is you you'd you like to think, I think a lot of people do think that negotiation is sort of rational. If I let them know what the facts ah. are and I let them know, you know, why this is good for them, then they'll they'll, they'll They'll take it. They'll, you know, they'll understand. And what you talk about is not rational, but but extremely predictable. Yeah,
1: there you go. You know, that, and that's a great distinction. I mean, I'm really impressed that you picked that up, um, because if negotiation was rational, then we'd always make the deal, right? right? If it was simply rational, there would never be anything to disagree about because it would all be reason. Um, but, yeah, people are predictable. People repeat their behavior. They make their decisions in patterned ways. So the other side may seem completely irrational, but, you know, they're going to have a tendency to do things the same. Well, they're going to be driven by what they care about, and that's going to affect what kind of deals they make. Or they'll get mad at you, and they'll tank a deal that they should have taken because they were mad at you. I mean, the, the F-bomb in a negotiation. And if you've read the book, you know what the F-bomb yep, is, right? yep. Fair. <laughs> and fair comes up in every negotiation. Right. And, boy, that is that is a highly charged emotional word. If I say to you, look, man, I just want what's fair, yeah, which is really common. Yeah. You know, I have just le- leveled a huge accusation against you, and the negotiation is going to knock you off balance.
0: Yeah, right. Because you're essentially saying you're not being fair.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm implying it. It's what... It's what the NFL owners did to the NFL players in the last lockout. And clearly they came out on top.
0: So in some ways that predictability, is, I mean, especially if we're thinking, and again, I, you, I, you may differ on this, but you know, sometimes negotiation look at, looked at as I win what I want. And maybe that means you lose. I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but if, if, if people are predictable, especially if we can learn like what their predictable behavior is, doesn't that become their weakness?
1: Uh, certainly, it's a weakness you can exploit yeah. if you're about that. Yeah, you know that—that's a really great point. Um, and Adam Grant who's a brilliant guy. Uh, I read his stuff. He wrote this great book called Originals. He also uh, wrote a piece not that long ago. It was the dark side of emotional intelligence. Because, you know, definitely using powers for good and not evil. I mean, the really bad guys, the sociopaths are using this stuff because it works. It's tremendously powerful stuff once you start to wrap your mind around this and get your ego out of the way. It's amazing the amount of influence you can have on somebody because, yeah. They begin to understand what drives them, which helps you understand their weaknesses. You can make deals. It's it's, it's enormously powerful stuff.
0: Well, and it's really not that, I mean, that's what's so funny about this. When I read some of the techniques, you know, we're calling it negotiation. But, I mean, a lot of people have realized, hey, I can sell more if I peel the people's egos, you know. And, I mean, things that that come out as techniques, I mean, they, they really are kind of how people influence people all the time or they've learned how to.
1: Yeah, exactly right. It has a very broad application. It's not just negotiation. It's for it's for better personal interpersonal yeah. relationships. It's for leader. It's a it's across the board. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people. Now I actually have this as a question: What is negotiation? Because I do think that I do think that a negotiation might be talking your wife into having something different for dinner (laughs) Um, than than maybe what, you know, she wanted to plan. I mean, I I think we probably underestimate how often we're negotiating.
1: Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. The most dangerous negotiation is the one you don't know you're in. Right. And anytime somebody's trying to get somebody to say, yes, you're in a negotiation, and the vast majority of them don't involve money, just exactly like the one you pointed out, You want something different for dinner. That's a negotiation.
0: Yeah. So, in, in business, there seems to be, quite often, the negotiation is overpriced, um, and there are people that just seem wired to, I don't care if that's the best deal in the world, I don't care if that's good for me, I don't care anything, I want a deal. Um, is, that, is there a way to, to uh, negotiate, so to speak, with that person so that you get to a mutual benefit?
1: Yeah, that's the easiest guy in the world somebody who's completely focused on one term mm-hmm. and typically it's the price term. Yeah. Like I can make, I can make any deal, either a great deal or a lousy deal based on the other terms, you know, and right. the, and the really cutthroat negotiators on the planet, Carl Icahn is a famous guy for doing this. He'd be happy to give you his price because he's going to kill you with the terms. Yeah. And he knows that you, if you're price focused, that you're really vulnerable and you think you got a deal from Carl Icahn and then you wonder what happened afterwards because he just destroyed you. Do so, you, yeah, I mean, people who really thought, fo- I got to have a deal. I mean, that guy's vulnerable to me. I'll give you your money. And you're not going to pay any attention to the other stuff that I put in there that I'm going to just walk away with truckloads of value on that I'll then monetize some other way.
0: Do you find, or is your experience, and maybe you don't study – lots of negotiators but you've certainly encountered other people on the other side of the table when you were negotiating do you find that there uh, are men better than women at it Uh, are there personality types of of people that just seem to be better at it Um, is there any kind of pattern there well
1: um really the the quieter people are better at it uh in terms in terms of like if you if you will i mean you got to shut up to listen you got to you know, as a hostage negotiator, we used to say, what is, what's it going to take to get the other side to come out? He'll tell you. What's it going to take to make a great deal? He'll tell you. The other side will tell you. Uh, a friend of mine here in Los Angeles, Ned Colletti, is a former GM for the Los Angeles Dodgers. When he was negotiating with a sports agent, he used to always say, in a two-hour conversation, there's going to be 90 seconds of solid gold. <laughs> well, you got to shut up and listen to get that 90 seconds of solid gold. So... You know, the quieter people are the ones that are predisposed to actually listening for the solid gold. Now, in in terms of gender base, we actually see women pick this tactical application of empathy up Uh much faster than men do.
0: Yeah, they sort of come to the table with Um, it sometimes, don't they?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the socialization, uh, you know, uh, but then... They need the assertiveness that men are social, men are socialized to be assertive. And women, um, are less socialized in that direction. Uh, so, but women are socialized more to listen more. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure what the gender differences are. I know what the environmental differences are that, that make it, you know, men are less socialized to listen. So maybe, I don't know that men necessarily are worse at listening. They're less socialized to do so. But what it really boils down to, the, the innate talent for being good or bad at it is, is, not, is not wired into gender.
0: Yeah, so they maybe just um, socially have different things to learn if they're going to pick up on this. So So yeah. w- would you say that there is a, like, one killer skill? Maybe you've already mentioned it. Maybe it's listening. Maybe it's empathy. Is there is there kind of one, like, baseline skill that you have to be able to master? Well, you,
1: you, yeah, you gotta, you got to – yeah, you got to be able to shut up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know that. You know, it's so funny because that's people, hard for people, right? <laughs> some people find that utterly impossible.
1: I mean, in in order to get that point across, one time I was I was working with a a, a woman attorney, and she was the type of person that felt like in order to be in control, she she felt number one she had to be in control, which of course makes her very vulnerable because give uh, the secret to gaining the upper hand and the negotiation is giving the other side the illusion of control. So that means she's vulnerable to feeling she's in control. Yeah. she got to be in control. she got to be talking. And I once literally said to her, did it ever occur to you to not talk? <laughs> and she went dead silent. And then she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I needed her to see... The distinction, because she, she felt utterly out of control if she wasn't speaking. And you, 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 you walk right by great solutions doing that. You've got to shut up to open your eyes and ears to find a better
0: deal. And I've actually seen salespeople talk themselves out of business, um, doing what you just described. The, the client was agreed, said, okay, great, and the person kept talking, and eventually the deal fell apart.
1: Yeah, yeah, because then they then they showed the client that even if they agree, they're not going to listen
0: to them, and nobody wants to work with someone who won't listen to them. Yeah. So they're um, probably the most, at least the one I'm the most familiar with, I don't know if it's the most famous or not, most popular, but the, uh, the book on negotiating that so many salespeople have read is, is called Getting the Yes, and I, I know you're familiar with it, because <laughs> right. I've, I've seen you talk about it. Um, it, how? What, what are the intrinsic differences between Never Split the Difference and Getting to Yes?
1: Well, Getting to Yes is intellectually sound. Uh, you know, you can't question the intellectual and academic rigor of the book. And it just doesn't, uh, it really doesn't factor emotional intelligence into it. Like I, I you know, I I haven't seen... Or heard anybody say, wow, five pages into getting the yes, I immediately turned around and made a great deal based on what I read. Yeah. What people will say is, I read it, and wow, this makes so much sense. that That's what they'll say. They won't say, I made a deal because of what I read. You know, my book never split the difference. Typically, people are out making deals ten pages into the book.
0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. This is really my new go-to CRM, ESP, marketing automation, really low cost, any size business can get into it uh, starting at like 19 bucks a month. You can keep track of your clients, you can see who is visiting your website, you can follow up based on behavior. Check out Active Campaign. There'll be a link in the show notes, but it's ducttape.me Slash DTM Active. So let's talk about another book. Um, as I was and 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 I'm I'm this is a two part question. I'm asking if you think this per- particular person is a great negotiator from what you've seen there. I, as I was researching uh, your book, I found really there's only one book right now that's ahead of you in sales on Amazon, and it is a, a book called The Art of the Deal uh, by Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump a good negotiator? You know, I think I've heard of him. I'm trying to place
1: exactly who that guy is.
0: Uh. <laughs> and I, to, right, to so date, Donald I have Trump- kept my show uh, non-political. so this is, this is a question about negotiation only.
1: <laughs> okay, if you, if you will, Donald Trump is the best of his type, and there are three yeah, basic yeah. types. And if you never adapt, there's fight, flight, and make friends. Those are the caveman responses. When we were walking down a jungle path in the caveman days and we saw something that startled us, we thought, you know, uh, do I got to run from it because it's going to kill me? Do I kill it make a rug out of it? Or do I make friends with it and it becomes either a pet or an ally? I fight, flight, and make friends. Yep. Now, the most involved negotiators learn the strengths of all three types. Donald Trump is, in my view, the best of his class of the fight negotiator, the aggressive negotiator. You know, he's he's always attacking, uh, and and of that type, which can be very can be enormously effective for short periods of time.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you look at Mr. Trump's impressive history, he put up a bunch of a number of the greatest construction feats in New York City in the 80s. And they didn't build and hasn't built anything in New York that comes anywhere near it since. So uh, a very aggressive negotiator will go in and rack up spectacular wins, a number of them in a row. And then people will get tired of constantly being in a fight with that person and they'll just stop cooperating and freeze them up.
0: Yeah.
1: And Mr. Trump hasn't, hasn't put up a building to rival Trump Tower in New York. In 30 years, he has a building in Chicago. You find he, he 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 goes. He has a building here. He has a golf course. He has buildings scattered all over the planet. But he doesn't have consistent successes in the same environment over a long-term period of time. I happen to be a natural-born assertive, and I and, and I had to learn how to get out of that pattern, and then. That's also this, that's also the prototype of the international kidnapper too. I mean, they're aggressive, assertive. They make threats, they threaten you, and that was what I had to learn how to beat as a hostage negotiator. So you know, my 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 tools started out being tailor made to gain the upper hand on that guy and still keep a, a relationship going with them. Also, you know, so that they're happy to deal with you again. The the other unfortunate thing about Mr. Trump's successes are. After a while, people get tired of being punched in the nose. They don't want to deal with them anymore. Yeah.
0: So let's dip into a couple of the the um, techniques, uh, tactics. Uh, one that I find really interesting, and I, as soon as I read it, I was like, "Yeah, I can see why that has power." And and that is the 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 email subject line of um, Have you given up on this project? Um, and, and again, you 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 use it in a lot of instances, but just that. Sort of like reigniting, you know, engagement again, and and talk about the power of that.
1: Well, you know, that is a killer line, and one-line communication, nothing more, in and of itself, for two reasons. First of all, people feel safe when they say no; it protects them. You know, so we have designed an entire strategy around that emotional reality that when someone says no. It's not a word to be overcome. It's just a word to be leveraged in a different fashion. You know, we don't, we don't believe I need 99 no's to get to my one yes. That, that looks at no as a word to be avoided or to be overcome. Yeah. No's a word to be leveraged. So that starts out by leveraging that word. You, you get somebody to feel safe. And, they've let themselves in for nothing when they say no. They've made no commitment mm-hmm. whatsoever, which calms them down and makes them in a position to be willing to talk to you because they've just protected themselves second thing that that does is it triggers which, uh, the fear of loss uh, and the fear of missing out, which is a, a driving dynamic in today's society, so much so that there's actually an entire Nobel Prize-winning behavioral economic theory called prospect theory because it's the way people are driven, the avoidance of loss, mm-hmm. or the avoidance, fear of missing out is, is a common term in mm-hmm. social media today, FOMO. Right. So you know that kicks that in. So you know that one-line email actually punches two really important uh, portions of the emotions in the brain that contribute to decision making, and it spurs people and it moves them forward. It's a really powerful thing. It's it's one of those things that it's you know it's it's a great stealth weapon to get people to move forward.
0: So. My second one, and uh, we'll we'll end on this one because I, I again, as you said, ten pages into this book, you will find some things that uh, are going to have you really scratching your head and thinking about how you um, not necessarily negotiate even just present yourself I think um you know from the beginning, so it's not I think a lot of people look at negotiations and they think, okay, now I'm in this adversarial position but you you put yourself in a better position I think, by using some of these techniques before you ever get to that point um, the the getting people. The, the, like that first bridge or that first trigger is getting somebody to say that's right, or you know maybe yeah. you know maybe it's stronger or more emotional mm-hmm. than that. But talk about the power of that those two words.
1: Yeah, well, when somebody believes that what they've just heard is a complete and utter truth, they say that's right. Yeah, you know you don't. You, uh, when whatever side of the aisle you're on, the last presidential debate of the recent election, whichever candidate you like, when when they said something you completely believed in. You didn't look at the TV and say, you're right.
0: Yeah.
1: You said, that's right. Yeah. So that's right It's what we say when we believe something we've heard is complete truth. And it's the marker that we're looking for when we were, everybody on the planet was advised by Stephen Covey to seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm-hmm. It's a sequence. It's knowing when the other side feels heard, which then when somebody says that's right to you, it's also a signal that now their brain is open to listen. And before they said that's right, they were closed for business in terms of listening. Uh, And every time you tried to get them to listen to you up to that point, you were wasting your time because the listening part of their brain was closed for business. You just got them to turn the lights on and unlock the door when you got them to say that's right. And at that point, that's when you can begin to persuade. That's your marker that says... The other side is ready to listen. It's not your right. You have to have a, be able to listen and distinguish because your right is what we say to people when we want them to stop talking to us. Huh. That's how we get them to shut up.
0: So I have seen, in the, and that's what's interesting about this. Again, I, when I read through the book, I was thinking negotiation, negotiation. But when I when I listened to you talk about that, when I read about that in the book, I'm thinking I'm a public speaker. Um, when I get up there in the first ten minutes, I've got to get people saying that's right <laughs> about whatever it is I'm presenting, or they're not going to hear me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yep, yep. So yep. So, yep. so many yep. powerful You're applications. Absolutely in line with that. Yeah, that's
0: right. Awesome. So uh, talking with. Christopher Voss, the author of Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as If Your Life Depended on It. Uh, You want to tell people, obviously, the book's available everywhere. It's been highly reviewed, tremendous uh, bestseller. Um, You want to talk about where people can uh, find out more information about you and your work in the Black Swan Group? Because I know you have some products and services that you offer as well.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'd love to thank you. The easiest way is for people... Send a text message and send the words, that's right, T-H-A-T-S-R-I-G-H-T, with no punctuation and no spaces, no apostrophe, no spaces. Just write it out as if it was all one word. That's right, T-H-A-T-S-R-I-G-H-T, to the text number 22828. And again, that number is 22828. And that'll sign you up for a complimentary, a.k.a. also known as free, once-a-month negotiation advisory newsletter plus tell you about where to find other free things that we have um, and where we're doing trainings that they might want to sign up for and also help you understand where you get the best price on the board.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Christopher, so much. And we'll have that information in the show notes as well. So really great uh, read, really great uh, spending time with you, and I appreciate you appearing on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy.
1: It was absolutely my pleasure.